Hello, and welcome to Thank You for Toilet Paper, a history of the little things. A podcast where we talk about a few things to be grateful for and the history and stories behind them. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miller. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's get going. We are going to drop the mic on this episode, but not really, because I don't know how to fix this microphone, so like that would end very poorly for me. And I learned in my days of theater that you do not ever drop the mic. Whether or not you made a great point, laid down a sick beat, respectfully and gently, hand the mic back to the technician, please and thank you. (laughs) So in the spirit of that respect that I learned in my youth, let's take a moment to learn a little bit more about the microphone. A microphone is a transduction, a device that converts one type of energy into another. In this case, it converts sound, in all of its vibrations, into an electric signal. Which, right there, I think is pretty brilliant. So how did all of this get its start? You find microphones all over the place these days. For instance, this podcast is made using a microphone. There are microphones in our phones, computers, and hearing aids, radios, on film and television sets, concert halls, public events, and more. These days, there are many different types of microphones that employ different methods to sense the air pressure of sound waves and convert them into electric signals. A dynamic microphone, for example, uses a coil of wire suspended using magnets. A condenser microphone has a different approach and uses a diaphragm that vibrates. A diaphragm, in this case, is a transducer that converts mechanical vibrations to sound or vice versa. So a condenser uses this type of diaphragm as well as a capacitor plate, which is used to store electrical energy. We'll talk a little bit more about that a little later. Another microphone with yet another approach to capturing and converting sound is the contact microphone. The contact microphone uses crystals with piezoelectric material. Piezoelectric materials include crystals, bone, DNA, and certain ceramics or proteins. These are materials that accumulate an electric charge when under mechanical stress. Most of these microphones and their signals have to go through a pre-amplifier first before the signal can be used. The pre-amplifier does, well, just that. It amplifies the weaker signals so that they can be recorded and used. So now that we know a little bit about a few different types of microphones, and there are many, many more, and the different approaches that they have to capturing and converting sound, let's get down to some of the history. Throughout history, we got to the point where we needed to speak to large groups of people at once. First attempts to make this task easier included the megaphone. We find some of the earliest examples of a megaphone-type invention in the 5th century, in Greece, on the masks of actors. The mouth holes of these actors' masks were shaped somewhat like a horn, amplifying their voices, which allowed them to speak to large audiences in amphitheaters. Our first recorded experimenting in the realm of amplifying voices using a material other than air— like a horn, right, so using something other than that, is found in 1665 with Robert Hooke, an English physicist, and his invention of the lover's telephone, which was made with cups attached to each other using a stretched wire. Perhaps you made a similar invention in school using tin cans and string. The taut wire carries the sound across from one cup, or tin can, to another. As long as no one trips over the wire, and the wire is taut, it is a delightful experiment to try and works surprisingly well. Our next efforts came in 1861 from German inventor Johann Philipp Reis, who used a metallic strip that was attached to a membrane that would vibrate. These vibrations produced a current. These efforts were later improved with Alexander Graham Bell and Elisha Gray's liquid transmitter in 1876. However, these gave rather poor sound quality. 
The first microphone to give good voice quality was developed in England by David Edward Hughes, and independently at around the same time by Emil Berliner and Thomas Edison in the United States. The style of microphone was the carbon microphone. Edison was awarded the patent after a long legal dispute in 1877. Historians, however, generally credit Hughes with the invention, because he had reportedly showed his working invention to a number of people years beforehand. The carbon microphone was instrumental in the development of the mics that we use today. Edison later refined his version into the carbon button transmitter in 1886. This version of microphone was used for the very first radio broadcast in 1910. This first broadcast was a performance at the New York Metropolitan Opera House. In 1916, E.C. Went from Western Electric improved upon the microphone once again with the condenser microphone. And from there, the ball just kept rolling with Captain H.J. Round in 1923, making the Macaroni Skies magnetophone, which was used officially by the BBC, becoming the standard for BBC Studios in London. In 1923, we find the ribbon microphone as well, which was developed by Harry F. Olson. The company RCA also made many patents in the realm of directional mics. This was especially important for film and television as we started to get more talkies, or more films with sound. Directional mics were incredibly important for picking up dialogue. Key in the development of mics for film and TV was the shotgun mic, which was developed in 1963 by Electra Voice. The shotgun mic was Academy Award winning. In the latter part of the 20th century, the Schur brothers produced the SM58 and SM57 mics, both of which are important in recording live audio and live performances, as well as studio sound recordings. Another incredibly important microphone that's used almost everywhere today is the Electret microphone. These microphones are found in our cameras and in our cell phones. This particular microphone was co-created by African-American inventor Dr. James E. West and German inventor Gerhard Sessler in 1960, while both were working at Bell Labs. The initial invention was the foil electret microphone, which was very sensitive and significantly cheaper to produce than condensed microphones of the day. After some more improvements, the pair patented their improved electret microphone in 1964. This mic took off and showed up everywhere, from baby monitors to hearing aids to phones and tape recorders. These days, West and Sessler's invention makes up about 90% of contemporary microphones. Both men were inducted into the National Inventors Hall of Fame in 1999. Dr. West, who had been curious about how things had worked since childhood, opening up just about everything he could get his hands on to see what was inside, went on to patent around 250 patents and later became a professor at Johns Hopkins University. He has authored many papers and articles. Dr. West continued to work with initiatives that were focused on bringing women and people of color into science and technology. These days, we also see many other types of microphones, which include fiber optics and laser microphones as well. Pretty cool. So let's talk a little bit about the components of a microphone. In microphones, there are a number of different pieces. There's the transducer element. The transducer element is called either the element or the capsule. A transducer transforms energy from one type into another. Another piece of the microphone called the diaphragm converts sound into mechanical motion. The vibrations of sound waves hitting the diaphragm causes a magnet near the coil to move. This motion is then converted into an electric signal. In compact microphones, these use a capacitor to store the signal or charge. 
From here, converted sound can also be stored and is then sent from the microphone to another device. When it comes to wireless microphones, these require an additional piece of technology to work. So a wireless mic actually has a radio transmitter inside. Microphones have been instrumental in allowing us to continue to communicate with each other all around the world. From baby monitors to hearing aids to film and television and our everyday phone calls to Zoom meetings and basically how a lot of us have been getting work done over the last couple of years. These microphones let us hear and be heard in ways that have changed the world, allowed us to make new friends, new connections and discoveries, new music and new progress. I'm so grateful for microphones in all the ways that they connect us. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a marvelous day. Take care.